0: This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with
1: Tim Growl and Vince Dario on Sports Radio 960
0: AM WSBT. we got him on the spot. Welcome back.
2: Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome
3: back. Welcome back. Welcome back.
4: Yes, welcome
3: back fan-filling stadium in 22 months it will be a great day for the fans attending and tailgating temperature will be around 83 degrees as you're fighting irish take the field against the toledo rockets but before we get going i would be remiss if i didn't acknowledge the 20th anniversary of 9 11. we salute the lives of those that were lost that day 20 years ago and the many injured and their families sports was a big part of the network of the nation's recovery and we are here today To continue that, hoping to add a little bit of fun and conversation in your life with Chris Zorich, Carl Calabrese, Sean Crawford, Tavon Coney, Frank Pomerico, George Hadouk, Matt Walsh, and Mogul co-founders Brandon Wimbush and Aiden Sayel. And we'll have our Put Me in Coach segment with Brian from Irish Breakdown. So for now, let's get going and bring in my co-host, Vince D'Addario. Good morning, Vince.
5: Good morning to you, Tim. How are you?
3: I'm doing good. I think better than you. You had a long night again of calling high school basketball. I'm getting too far in the season already. Yeah, yeah, did you?
5: We're not quite to the round ball yet, but yeah, we had a good game last night. And uh, then I had to go pick up my son at another football game, and then got home. And you know, just being a dad, being a guy on radio, so it's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, Friday nights in the fall around here are amazing. And then you then you push it into Saturday, and we get to do this show, obviously first thing, and then the game and First home game in almost two years. I mean, yes. this is this is awesome. I cannot wait to go experience the just the everything that has to do with a home game at, on Notre Dame's campus. You know, normally, normally I sit in the press box and and uh, you know do my thing up there. But we're gonna kind of we're taking a left turn and we're sitting in the stands today. Uh, and I'm, are you
3: really good? For I you. haven't
5: I haven't sat in the stands for a game in almost twenty years. So I am fired up. Uh, to to sit in the stands and just enjoy everything that has to do with college football in Notre Dame so it's gonna be a fun fun day
3: yeah i i, I assume they're having a flyover on a beautiful uh, blue sky day i haven't heard but they usually it would do that i'm sure Notre Dame's pulling out you know all the stops because they they want their fans back and after, absolutely you know it won't just be the students this year
6: that's so, right
3: what do you think uh real quick synopsis of last week give me 30 seconds of what you thought last week and, and in the vein of they always say the biggest improvement for a team is from the first to the second game?
5: Well, obviously, they, they have an opportunity to get right in this game. Uh, there, there was a lot of good in last week's game, a lot of good, especially from a guy named Jack Cohn. I, th- I thought that he, he ran the show very, very well. Um, I, I, you couldn't have asked for much more from him. I mean, he had career highs in yards, uh, completions, touchdowns. I mean, set a record for – openers uh at notre dame i mean he had a, a tremendous game and if he doesn't get two drops he's over 400 yards and over 80 percent completion percentage so yeah, it was unbelievable yeah very very impressive on that um the defense played really really well for two and a half quarters and then they kind of took their foot off the gas and allowed florida state to get back into it i just want to see them go full game full game with what they did in the first half they're gonna be fantastic So. Very excited to watch this game. A lot of things we're going to be keeping our eye on, obviously, to see them get better. But at the same time, I thought they played pretty well overall in the first game. Uh, But they have a chance to really correct some things in game two.
3: Well, we're going to get some uh, perspective from a former Notre Dame defensive lineman. Let me get you his award bios. It might take me a while here. 1989 UPI Lineman of the Year. Consensus uh, All-American. In 1989 and 90, Labard, uh, Lombardi Award 1990, went on to a stellar career with the Chicago Bears, our our favorite local team. Sorry, Indianapolis Colts, but I like you too. <laughs> anyway, so that would be Chris Zorich. Chris, good morning. Dude, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Man. I'm excited to be here. We're, we're glad we're glad to have you. So let's start on that vein, and we'll go backwards then and stuff. But so, what did you see on the? Uh, 2021 Irish defense last week that you like and what you didn't like?
7: Ooh, uh, I, mean, <laughs> I love the fact that the, the D-line had five sacks. Uh, I think Folsky had two himself. So that was very encouraging. Um, what I didn't like is that it, is, is uh, I think it was Vince who said it earlier, um, or maybe it was you, I'm not sure, but um, the, unfortunately we did not um, stay on top of him. And that's really the challenge, right, because you're supposed to beat teams that are unranked, and you're supposed to come out regardless if it's the first game of the year or the last game of the year. And I'm very fortunate. I'm going to do a shameless plug right now. Um, I'm part of the uh, Super 16 poll, which is a collaboration between the Football Writers Association of America and the National Football Foundation. Or I'm sorry, the uh, the – National Football Foundation, they also uh, do the College of All Fame as well. So, as a former member, I was uh, asked to participate this year. And so, literally, I rank the top 16 teams every week. And interestingly enough, I put together like a little YouTube show. Great. So it's a live show. So, we actually do it uh, Monday nights, 730 Central, 830 Eastern, and that's on my YouTube channel at YouTube. Uh, you just put in "Cruzor" and you'll find it. And I say that because now I have a whole different perspective, right? Uh, I mean, I'm <laughs> watching our Irish, but I also have to be impartial. Yeah. And although I love them to death, you know, there 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 were some challenges. Uh, I think Cohen did an amazing, amazing job for first time. This is the first time we had a chance to see him, right? And he did very well. It, it was it was frustrating at one point because. Um, as I mentioned before, when you don't um, – I'm sorry. When, when you allow them to uh, stay in the game, that's the hard part, right? You you need to keep their, your foot on their neck. And, unfortunately, Notre Dame didn't do that.
3: So, even – I'm not, a, you know a... – played and coached or like you did and be analyst and Vince the same way and stuff, but the average person could just see it when they went to the three down linemen; they were just killing us. So it's like, what is he seeing that I'm not seeing that you wouldn't put more on the line or something, put well, off the foot off the pedal. I thought they just went into a the
7: wrong scheme too. And I think that's a perfect example, right? I mean, you know, you, you, you talk about being a coach and the, the understanding of what a game plan is. Right. So we have no idea there may have been a tendency that no one knew about and marcus freeman our new defensive coordinator felt as though he could capitalize on that and he had three down line rushing right so so we have no unless we go into the game plan as a fan watching the game right i mean you don't really understand what's going on um as a, as a spectator watching on tv you're like hey what's going on this, this shouldn't happen this shouldn't happen uh yeah. perfect example is when we were playing in the in the uh against University of Miami um, in 1988, there were uh, several times that I actually dropped back in in coverage All as right. a linebacker, right? And we could have had more defensive linemen uh, rushing, but they had a great um, tight end. I forgot who his name was, but he would kind of always sneak out after a couple seconds, right? So I was there to kind of prevent that. Now, that Prevented me from rushing, but no one really knew that. So I mean, I'm sure it was just one of those kind, of, one of those kind of concepts.
3: This is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day Show on 96 AM wspt We're talking with two-time consensus All-American Chris Zorich. So, Chris, that kind of leads me into one of the questions I was going to ask you because originally they had you in as a linebacker at Notre Dame, and then <laughs> and then they changed you to defensive end. So how were you recruited? Were you recruited as a defensive end or linebacker?
7: Uh, I was recruited as a linebacker, Of course, you know. I mean, I was supposed to be this. I went to Chicago Vocational High School, which had Dick Butkus and Tina Turner, great linebackers. <laughs> right. I wanted to follow in their footsteps. Um, I even heard Bo Shemblacker was going to move me to D line, so I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to take a visit there because I don't want to be a D line. I want to be one of these great linebackers. And Lou was like, sure, come, come, be one of our great linebackers. So I was like, oh, this is great. Got to Notre Dame. And I think after the first or after the third week, he was like, no, you're you're gonna be our nose guard.
8: <laughs> so I had
7: no say. As a matter of fact, I remember, I remember the practice very vividly. Uh I mean I was pissed. And at the end of practice, Holt called up the team and He's like, you know, guys. I I think we, we found a a, a a new member. Um, we we're gonna ask him to change position. And I'm thinking, like, who is that? Like, they're in trouble. You know, we came here and not gonna be in another position. He's like, uh, I think Chris Orzech is gonna be our new nose guard. How do you feel about that? And I was like, wow, okay. I mean, in front of the whole team, right? I mean, you can't say no. So of course, of course, coach, you know, I'll do it. And I guess the rest of this is history.
5: Chris that's actually a really good story because just this week Notre Dame decided to move Xavier Watts from offense to defense you know because they're (laughs) trying to fill some depth and all that as the player obviously you don't know Xavier Watts feelings on all of this but as a player who had to move positions himself how do you kind of take that in when you're you came in you know hey I'm doing I'm a linebacker I'm doing this and then they change your position and you know, they always ask you, but, of course, you're going to say, yes, you're a team guy. I mean, that's <laughs> how it works, right? Your coach asks you to do something, you do it. But from a, from a psyche standpoint, how do you kind of wrap your mind around, well, now I'm, it's completely different. I'm doing something completely different.
7: Well, it depends. I mean, obviously, if you're a team player, you're going to be for it. But there's two ways you can look at it. From a team aspect, you obviously want to get on the field anytime you can. You're younger player, you know, hey, I want to contribute. You know, I, I really don't care. That's the first part. The, the second part is, after you said that, they, they have a conversation with you, you go back, to your dorm them, and like, you like you start kind of self-evaluating yourself, right? You're like, wow, am I not a good linebacker? Am I, am I not a good defensive back? I mean, you got to think about this. They also moved Todd Light as well.
0: Todd Light was a great oh, receiver. My goodness, yeah.
7: Coach moved in the corner, and he was drafting the first round. And consensus All-American and everything else. So, obviously, the coaches – probably, you know, not, 100% of, the time, not 100% of the time they know what they're talking about, but then you start kind of reflecting on your own talent, and you're like, wow, you know, was I not good enough? But I guess at the end of the day, if you're a team player, I was going to say, you know, hey, th- this kind of is my responsibility. Now, I'm sure oftentimes, you see, with the transfer portal and everything else, someone's asked to move a position. They're like, no, absolutely not. I'm going to go to another school. So, you know, it really depends on kind of what your attitude is and mm-hmm. really the type of culture you came from, from your home and also your high school.
3: I wish I could do a Lou Holtz uh, accent like a lot of people or the way they sound like him because I can just see Coach saying when you drop back to be in the linebacker position in that
7: Miami game,
3: see, Zorich, I told you you could be a linebacker. Yeah, right,
7: right, right. It was funny because I was fortunate enough. I also host a podcast, another shameless plug, called the (laughs) Zorich Podcast, and I'm going to have Barry Alvarez on. And I'm sure we're going to have some great stories, but he also, we actually talked about how um, I actually moved kind of positions from linebacker to defensive lineman and was very fortunate because there's this this great story in Notre Dame lore that I actually heard years later. And actually my friends told me about it, but it was when we lost to Texas A&M in 87. And – we were all in a locker room, and I'm in the corner crying, my, my eyes out, and Holtz, no one else in the locker room was crying. And, and I was just really upset. And Holtz talked about this in his book, that he knew that's the type of person that he wanted to get on the field, meaning me. I had no idea about this. And so he told Barry Alvarez, that hey, we have to find a way to get this Azores kid on the field. I kind of lost you there for a second. I'm sorry. With us? Um, yes, yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yep, I can. I can. Okay. I just Yep, got it. Got so it. So sorry. But that's that's the 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 technology part that's of are not used to, right? Um. Uh. Lou told Barry, you know, hey, we have to get this kid on the field because of his passion. Because, right. Because you know he wants to win as as much as we do. As coaches, we just have to find a way to get him on the field.
3: Well, that's great that, I mean, that they had that intuitive thing, that it wasn't just looking at your actual physical skills, but they're also taking in consideration what you would bring to the team. Otherwise, I sometimes think that's lost nowadays, you know, in in some of the players, but that might not be a fair characterization. Tim, well, for no, yeah, go I, ahead. I actually agree with
7: you, but, you know, and it's not all players, but you're kind of seeing that, right? There's this whole kind of selfish aspect about football now that if you are getting – The time thing you need in the beginning of your career, you're going to transfer. If the coach asks you to move a position, you know, you're going to transfer. I mean, it's a totally different environment now.
3: Tim events with former Chicago Bear lineman, a member of the Fighting Irish 1988 national champs, Chris Zorich. So if I took out the Miami game and Southern Cal game, would there be another favorite rival that you had during that during that time?
7: Um, well, for me, in this again, I'm selfish. This is not not going up really, but selfishly for me, it would probably be against Michigan mm-hmm. because that's something. In 1988 was my sophomore year, and I had never played before, and Michigan was my first game, and it was it was the first time Notre Dame had lights at the stadium. It was the first night game they ever had. Michigan I mean there are millions of people watching I walked in the stadium there were 60,000 at the time or 59,000 at the time and the biggest crowd I played in front of in high school was like maybe 100 people if that so all of a sudden I'm playing against you know University of Michigan and I don't I don't really (laughs) remember a lot because I was so out of it but I wound up having a pretty good game I had like 10 tackles and Maybe a couple of sacks,
5: and it was, a, it was a very enjoyable game for me. Chris, we we talk about today being, you know, the first home game in almost two years, and you know they played last year, which was great, but it was glorified practice almost, right? There was nobody in the stands except some parents. It was a lot like high school, right? Um, speak to how much of a difference the crowd makes in college football, especially at Notre Dame, and what these guys are going to experience for the first time. In two years, I mean, I, I I think people are underplaying how big of a deal that is.
7: Sure. And I, I don't think, unless you're talking to a current player, I don't think we as fans really understand what these young men had to go through. Right. What these had to go through. I mean, you're talking about totally different protocols. You're talking about everything under the sun had to be changed, had to be different. Um, I was uh, listening to some players. They were talking about how they hadn't spent any time with their – they're their actual teammates kind of away from the environment, right? Because they, everything is so kind of sterilized, right? So the idea that, that that these kids are gonna have a chance to really experience something new and foreign, I think they're all going to have a chance to kind of really experience something different because it it, it was um it had changed. So, so dramatically in the last couple of years. That's, I really think that's the biggest reason why these these kids are going to be seeing something different. And that's everybody, juniors, seniors, folks who, who've been in front of crowds before, but now they have a chance to kind of to, to really do it all over again in an environment where they're, they're going to be happy that they're playing at Notre Dame.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Among Chris's many talents of uh, football and business, he is also going to be a co-host with Chris. Ackles, that was on last week's show for the New Rockney Award celebration on Friday, September 24th at the Chicago Sports Museum. Comment on that, Chris?
7: Absolutely, we're we're, we're very excited. We're going to have a chance to honor some some really great folks. Have uh, my list right here. Um, it's really cool because you know you have a chance to really kind of experience the history and the lore that Rockney really is responsible for. Right? <laughs> He's he kind of put their name on the map. And so having a chance to kind of honor him with the Rocking Society is one thing. But when you have a chance to kind of um, be involved with folks like Barry Alvarez is going to be getting an award, um, it, it's really kind of special because they're going, to, we're going to honor individuals that have accomplished amazing, amazing things. I'm just trying to find my list here. And it's really going to be exciting. Uh, I think that the one thing that... That folks are gonna come away from is the idea of what not only what um, Rocky uh, meant to the university, but also really kind of who's involved, right? So we're talking about Peter Civarelli, uh, we're talking about Donnie whose his family's gonna be there to be honored, got um, it, uh, Danielle Green who actually I was very close to, who had this amazing story. Absolutely, uh, played i at Notre Dame. Yep. Okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, Aaron Taylor, who with the Champion Award. You know, it's really going to be something special that unfortunately we were not able to hold it last year, obviously because of COVID, but it's going to be interesting because now we're actually giving kind of a new, new twist to it. You'll have a chance to kind of see it uh, via live stream as well. Um, and and you can go to uh, RockingSociety.org to find out where you can kind of sign up for that. But now everybody all over the country can have a chance to watch it. It's a,
3: It's a great. I've been to them. I'm not going to be able to get up to Chicago, but I've been to the last five or whatever. And then, Well, uh, yeah, you, you can watch your live stream. Yeah, th- yeah that's right. I, I, I saw that because Jim just sent it to me the other day. So I'm going to be live streaming that and watching it. Yeah stuff too. So, hey, real quick behind me is a picture of you and I at the Varsity Club back about 18 years ago when we you had your first time you were on the show.
0: Oh my so god. I appreciate awesome. you that is awesome. Hey, we'll,
3: <laughs> before I let you go, we're going to have a you might find this interesting in, in the next hour. We're going to have a discussion about the NIL. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in 20 seconds before I let you go, what would be your favorite uh, food or restaurant to be re- you be represented by for your your NIL? If they had that
7: Oh wow! I couldn't even imagine. I would probably really kind of go for pizza. I mean, what's what's not the best meal at you know two o'clock in the morning, right on a weekend? So <laughs> I'm sure there's some pizza. Actually, Bruno's. Bruno's is great. There, there you um, go. Th- that would be my by far my top on the list if I had a chance to benefit from it.
3: Pizza's a wavelength because Dr. Brian Radigan last week said Rocco's.
7: There you go. See? So All there right. you go. All Both right.
3: local places here. Hey, we really appreciate it. Always having you on, on the show. Uh, once we get back doing the live shows, if you're in town, maybe we can get you on a, a live show so we can uh, I'd be honored. do it for it. Forward. All right. You have a good That's time right. at that uh, uh, September 24th New Rockney Society Awards Banquet.
7: You got it, guys. Go Irish. Thanks, Chris. Thanks,
5: Chris,
3: Azari. We'll be back. With members from the 1973 National Championship team on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and streaming at the WSBT Radio. This
1: is Legacy Heating Adair Game Day with Tim Grell and Vince Diderio on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
5: And our legacy heat in and air game day show is brought to you by Southland Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949, by Mimo's on Edison in Mishawaka. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimo's. Manja, manja. Wings, etc. cetera, grill and pub with 14 Michiana area locations. Stop in today or order online at togo.winsetc.com. By Monterey Mexican Barn Grill, authentic Mexican serve fresh daily at McKinley and Division in Mishawaka. MontereyMexican.com. By Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing. And by Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance. Talk with Tim about your life insurance plan. Tomorrow may be too late. Call Tim today at 232-9981.
3: And also brought to you by Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape. Are you ready for your next
0: escape? Okay, that's
3: when live show happens, folks. Sorry for that. We got a little interference there. Are you ready for your next escape? Experience the excitement of Four Winds Casino with award-winning cuisine, the latest slots, a variety of table games, including live poker, Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape. Must be 20 years or older. Please play responsibly. So we're back with game day and temperature is rising for all those that are out there. We appreciate everybody joining us, whether you got your radio out there tailgating or whether you're streaming it or whether you're using the WSBT app. We're here for you. Tim Brown, Vince D'Addario, and we're next. We're going to be joined by members of the 1973 championship team. I think they're all from the class of 1974. We've got Frank Pomerico. we got George Hadouk, and we got Max Walsh. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. So here we go. Let's go. Let's start with uh, Frank. Um, Give us a little synopsis of the three of you, your friendship together over these years, starting off with when you started playing together. We lost Frank.
5: I think we lost Frank, so.
3: (laughs) Hey, George. Are you there, Frank? Not yet. Okay, George, how about you? Take us through. Do you remember the first time you guys all got together? Was it a love-hate relationship?
2: Uh, well, that's an interesting <laughs> question because uh, when you first get to uh, a place like Notre Dame, when, when uh, we started out as freshmen, um, first of all, you didn't know anybody for, for the most part. And you had uh, your roommates that they, they stuck you with uh, initially. <laughs> and I was stuck with, uh, if you want to call it stuck with, uh, <laughs> Gary Diminick was a running back. Sure, and, remember him well. Uh, he was from Pennsylvania. Uh, Mark Brenneman was uh, the center, and he was also from Pennsylvania, like myself. And uh, my personal, we had a suite of four, four guys, and my personal roommate was Paul Prusak, who uh, left after freshman year. So uh, those are the initial people that we ran into. Uh, and then you go to practice uh, as freshmen, and, then, and back then we had a freshman team. And right. that's when we, we start getting used to the rest of the crew, so to speak. And uh, some, of the, some of the guys sort of stuck, stuck out. Uh, Dave Casper, of course, uh, uh, he sort of stuck out to a lot of us because he was a great athlete. And one of the things I remember, which is sort of uh, humorous, is that back then, they didn't recruit, we didn't recruit putters or we didn't recruit place characters. They were just uh, gone from the team. Uh, players that were there already and uh, they said all the punters stay after practice uh, this one day and I punted in high school and uh, all the punters myself uh, Brian Doherty ended up being the punter for us for the for uh, the, the time that we were there but Dave Casper he started punting barefoot <laughs> oh wow and, uh,
6: was a I, tough
2: said, well, guy. I think that, uh, I'm not going to uh, take part of this punting competition anymore. Dave Casper, This guy's going to start punting barefooted. But, uh, that was one of the more humorous things that started out as, uh, uh we were their freshmen there. And as time went on, we got to uh, form our friendships and, uh, uh, hang out together in groups, et cetera, and so on and forth. And, uh, it all culminated, of course, uh, our senior year, uh, winning the national championship, uh, with uh, the guys, and it was a great great experience, a great feeling. And uh, it's one of those things that when you're young, uh, you don't really appreciate really appreciate until like 50 years later when we're uh, the old goats that we are right now. But
3: uh, that's what happened initially uh, that I recall as being freshman there. Boy, if Dave Casper was a punter, Vince, what do you think of that, trying to rush that guy? Because if you ran into his leg, it'd probably hurt you more than it would hurt Dave.
5: That's not something I would want to do. That is for sure. <laughs>
3: dr matt uh max walsh yeah give me some recruiting to notre dame who's the coach that recruited you and were you assigned a player when you came to in for your visit
6: yeah um paul schultz who was a defensive uh, back coach was the guy that recruited me um and um when i got to uh, the campus for the visit uh jimmy rolfe who was a a year older than I was, um, was the guy that showed me around and
0: uh, it was a special
6: weekend because I, I, you know, I remember it had the, um, there was a uh, Mardi Gras weekend for um, uh, in February usually, I don't know if they still have it, but it was just a, it was a magic weekend and uh, Notre Dame played uh, basketball against Marquette that weekend and it was just a great uh, time to be on campus uh, and, and
9: experience all those things.
6: We're spending some time with former Fighting Irish teammates from the
3: class of 1974, George Hayden, Max Walsh. Frank, are you there, Frank Pomerico?
10: Yes, I'm here, can you hear me?
3: We got you, <laughs> all right, the miracle of computers and uh, technology, they're great when they work, but boy, when they don't, <laughs> right, right, Frank?
10: Right, uh, yeah, I must have hit the wrong button when we were looking at, it, at each other there because uh, I lost you and I couldn't get back on. Hey, we're,
5: we're happy to have you either way. Thanks for yeah. joining us, Frank.
3: You
10: hit the you, hey, you hit the button pleasure. years ago when you're recruited in Notre
3: Dame. I know you were following one of your idols, uh, Jerry DiNardo, and uh, tell me tell me a little bit about that story. Jerry was on Notre Dame, and you kind of grew up idolizing him and the same position that you ended up at.
10: Well, actually, it was Larry DiNardo. Jerry Excuse was are right, yeah. And uh, Jerry and I grew up together from the fifth grade all the way through uh, Our Lady of Grace, and then St. Francis Prep. I came to Notre Dame. I came to Notre Dame right after uh, high school where Jerry was staggered a year and went to uh, uh, a prep school, then came to Notre Dame after that. But Larry was the guy that gave us all the incentive and the motivation to, to reach as high as we could to, to come to Notre Dame.
3: And you had a, a stellar career, and all of you guys uh, had a stellar career. Hey, back in those days, did uh, Eric have ones versus two, or did he ever have ones versus ones? Well, well, George.
2: Most of the time, it was one one, one against two, as I recall. And every once in a while, it was one on one. Um, If practice wasn't going that great, uh, (laughs) he'd say, "Okay, one on one." And uh, that was that was
3: very rare. Um, Usually, one against two is what I recall. So, George, did it was every one of those ones against uh, Frank or Max? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I would. I played defensive uh, end right. and tackle, uh, and uh, I kid, I kid Frank and Jerry uh, that they were masters
3: of holding.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, we got to get Frank Pomerico and Max Walsh to defend themselves. So, uh, Frank, go first.
10: <laughs> well, I, I would say this: that George was such a great athlete that the only. <laughs> able to block him was to grab onto his shirt and hold, hopefully he wouldn't get through. <laughs> Max, dip- you probably what a diplomatic. That, don't you? What a
6: diplomatic I action. agree, yeah. But but uh, you know what? In those days, technically we weren't allowed to hold. So if we were doing it, we were just doing what they were doing today. <laughs> yeah,
5: good point. That's a very good point. I, I want George brought up a really good point uh, about the freshman teams that you guys had back when you guys were there. And obviously they've done away with that. And you hear fans all the time talking about how they're not getting enough freshmen on the field and, and all these different things. What was that like for you guys? Do you did you like the fact that there was a freshman team? Kind of gave you guys a year to acclimate to college life and and football and, and all that, or do you like the way they do it now?
10: Well, well, go ahead, George. You want to go?
2: Well, personally, it. Uh, <laughs> It was kind of tough being uh, the freshman team because we were yeah. always going against the varsity. Right? <laughs> of course, yeah. the
5: tackling dummies. That's yeah. right. Yeah,
2: I, I can recall we used to we used to run the uh, pass rush drill against Walt Petalsky and Mike Hayden oh, and a bunch of those guys, and it was it wasn't easy, and, but uh, you did what you had to do. Uh, and uh, as far as integrating a freshman, it happened, I believe, our. Uh, junior year or sophomore year yeah. junior and, uh, year yeah. they, they they did well uh, of course ross brown did a great uh, coming as a freshman user
3: Valley. sure did yeah so, those
2: great for those guys
3: yeah okay. frank comment on uh, about the f- freshman uh, team those days but not now
10: well i tell you for me i thought it was great that we had that year to acclimate to academically to acclimate to college also socially that could acclimate to college. And, and of course, athletically, George is right, though. I mean, we were playing against the number one defense and maybe the best players in the country at that time with Mike Kadish, Walt Potoski, Zekas, Greg Marks. I mean, they had some great players. The linebackers were great. So you were really kind of cannon-farter for the uh, varsity, and uh, they could tee off on you. Of course, you had to play hard in order to survive. So, uh, But you didn't have that pressure going back home and they'd say are you starting and as a freshman that's an awful big uh tall order to start as a freshman so i was kind of appreciative that that wasn't the case and i had a chance to blend into the program for sure
3: and i'm sorry dr max walsh you you earned that title and i should be saying that that's So, doc doc <laughs> what do you have to say to join in yeah, the
6: conversation. Yeah, it, it's, it, you know, I get, uh, uh, you're supposed to acclimate yourself both uh, academically and, and physically. And, uh, but, you know, it was tough to practice because not only did you have to go against the varsity, but then you used to have a practice afterward.
0: Oh, wow. They oh, would keep us
6: on the field and have a little time up for the freshman team because we had three games scheduled. So we had to kind of work our own uh, magic, so to speak. So, it was it was the only thing we didn't have to do is go to meetings afterward. I mean, we mm. were, go to the training table and go home and hold study. But um, it, it was, uh, you know, I understand back then the way it was, the um, it was a good, good thing to try to do. But it wasn't that easy, you know. And yeah, it
3: doesn't sound like it. Um, This is the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show with members of the 1973 National Championship team, George Hada, Max Walsh, and Frank Pomerico. Let me ask every one of you, um, we've heard stories that Air would call out players sometimes from his perch high above, often referred to as it was the God calling from above down there. Anyone want to admit admit that they had a call from above on something they did wrong? You might have thought you did right, but he thought you did wrong. Anybody? Well, Man, I, nobody did. Come no, on. they all tried to talk at the same time. <laughs> Frank,
5: well, Max, this, go is
10: ahead. Frank. this is Frank. It was always kind of the eye in the sky. And uh, he, he could see everything uh, from guys uh, stretched out too far or maybe in the wrong position. He would see everything. And, of course, he knew every position and what everybody was supposed to do. So you had to be on top of everything. And if you weren't, he was going to get on you. Uh, and, you know, it was a correctional thing. It was never something where he tried to humiliate a guy. That was for sure. It was always correcting, teaching. So he was great that way.
3: Doctor, did you have a comment?
6: No, no, not real. I mean, it's just that, you know, he was always up there looking at it. And right. He, you, you couldn't hide. So uh, <laughs> it, it was... Uh, and, the, and when it would rain you know it was would be pouring he'd still be out there but as soon as there was any hit the lightning that was it because he you know he was above on that perch in that truck there as soon as there was any lightning that was it he was that there. that's it practice is over
3: George on the defense uh what the defense didn't make mistakes or or was it Joe no, Yanto was your line coach correct
2: correct uh, so you either had to deal with him
3: on the ground or air up above right
2: Air, Air didn't re- it didn't really call me out, did I recall, but Joe Yanto was very good at that. <laughs> uh, he he kept his eye on us pretty well, and uh, I got called out a number of different times by Joe, Joe Yanto. Uh,
3: <laughs> he
2: was, was more a fiery guy. I was about him and era. Yeah, he was,
3: fire- he was a fiery guy, a great, a great guy. So we got about 15 wow. seconds or so. Um, let's go around the horn. Frank, Frank. Um, What's going to be the biggest change from week one to week two with the offensive line?
10: Well, I think with the injury to Blake Fisher, uh, they're going to have to put – I think Carmody is going to be in there, and uh, he did a pretty good job. Uh, I, I think that uh, the butterflies from the first game are over. They're going to be at home. Uh, I think they're going to be uh, a, a little better at running the ball this week. Uh, the opponent is a little bit different too, but they're experienced, so it's going to be a tough game. George Hedo defense.
2: Well, I'm, I'm looking for the defensive line to do the job of containment a little bit better. The The one thing that I used to hear from Joe Yanto was contain, contain, contain. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't very much of that as far as I could tell Sunday night. And I think that's what they need to work on. If they can do that, I think we'll have a pretty good game today.
3: And, Max, you get the inevitable – you got to tell me a prediction for the score tonight.
6: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say 45-7. 45-7. Just in general,
3: what do you want to see from the team
6: today? I think more consistency. I think, again, Frank hit on a, we need a running game, you know, and uh, that that makes the passing game go too, although we did pretty darn good in the passing game. But I just don't like to see the, the offense revolve around just passing. And, uh, and we've got some great backs, so we just need to be hammer, hammering the ball a little bit.
3: Spoken like an offensive line. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> hey, George Haydick, Dr. Max Walsh, and Frank Pomerico, tri-captain from 1973. We appreciate your time you spent with us today. Thank you. Hope you root on the Irish from wherever you're at to a victory, and we'll talk to you again. Well,
2: thank you. Okay. Take, Take care, care, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. guys.
3: All right. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a short break with our Put Me In Coach on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT, your home
5: and your Legacy heating and Air Game Day show is brought to you by South Bend Orthopedics Team Physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. By Mimo's Pizza on Edison in Mishawaka. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimo's. Manja, manja. By Wings Etc. Grill and Pub with 14 Michiana area locations. Stop in today or order online at togo.wingsetc.com. By Monterey Mexican Barn Grill, authentic Mexican, served fresh daily at McKinley and Division in Mishawaka, montereymexican.com. By Edward Jones, making sense of investing. And by your Tim Grau State Farm Insurance Company. Talk with Tim about your life insurance plan because tomorrow may be too late. Call Tim today at 232 9981.
3: And that's our intro for our Put Me In Coach segment. Each week, we'll have a guest who will be put in today's game at a certain position. Tell us all they know about that position, what they expect to see, what the strategy will be used against today's opponent, and what they want to avoid or are more worried most worried about. So here we go. Our guest this week is from Irish Breakdown, the editor, Brian Driscoll. Good morning, Brian.
4: Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on.
3: You got it, and we're going to get right to it. So you played quarterback and receiver. We covered mm-hmm. receiver last week. So you now are the Notre Dame quarterback. You're standing at the line. First of all, are you going to be in a under center, or are you going to be dropped back?
4: Well, I'm hoping I'm in the shotgun. There I've always go. been a big fan of the shotgun. <laughs> then let's, let's go from there.
3: Brian, just start real simple. You're pulling back there. What are you going to be looking for in Toledo's defense to give you a chance to make a positive play?
4: Well, I think Toledo's going to throw a lot of um, – uh, they're going to have a lot of things going on post-snap. They're going to have a lot of guys moving in different places. They're going to have linemen twisting and stunting and safeties coming up and dropping and safeties playing deep and coming up. They're going to try to confuse me, right, if I'm the no-name quarterback. So my key is I've got to get locked on my reads. And I think today a big key for me, if I'm the no-name quarterback, is I want to get the ball out quickly. And so I need to make sure that there aren't any linemen dropping into my throwing lanes and there aren't any safeties flying down into my throwing lanes. Uh, So I can get my reads out and get the ball out quickly, especially to the perimeter. And I think that's a big thing for me today as the Notre Dame quarterback is uh, I think the one area where Jack Cohn could have improved. Well, you know, if, if I'm Jack Cohn, I could have improved last week is there's a few RPO opportunities early in the game to kind of pull that ball and quickly get it outside I would like to see myself do some of that this week, which I think is going to take some pressure off the run game because if I'm quickly getting the ball outside to Brayden Lindsey and to Avery Davis and to Kevin Austin, then that's going to force that defense to have to widen out, which is then going to create a little bit more running lanes for the, for the running backs. Vince,
3: question? You have a question?
5: Yeah, so so uh, so you're the quarterback, Brian. Are you gonna be a Jack Cohn type quarterback, or are you a Tyler Buckner type quarterback? I-, I need to know Ooh. what the Brian Driscoll quarterback mentality is if you're gonna be the quarterback
4: at Notre Dame. Well, now I'm the Jack Cohn type that ain't running. (laughs) (laughs) 20 years ago, when I was still, uh, you know, college age, I was more of a running guy. That's why I played receiver my freshman year. Uh, But, uh, you know, to me, I think that that both both ways can win. And and that's the thing is, you know, it's funny kind of, Listening to some fans complain about how Jack Cohn didn't run enough, and then last oh, year's William goodness. booked up throw enough. It's like, look, <laughs> you know, Mac Jones didn't run either, right? The the key mm-hmm. is, and it doesn't matter what type of quarterback you have, and and I know we're kind of having some fun with that question, but it doesn't matter what kind of quarterback you have. You need a strong game plan that plays to his skill set, and then that quarterback has to execute that game plan. Last week, Jack Cohn executed that game plan extremely well. If he does that again this week, the Dame's will score a lot of points because I mean, think about it. they had four, they scored forty one points last week with their offensive line playing pretty terrible. Yeah. uh, Imagine what they would do if the offensive line just plays okay. Imagine what they're going to do if the offensive line plays well. Uh, So if you know, as the put me in coach thing, that's the last thing I'm hoping to see is that my line gives me some time. If I get some time, then I'm going to have a really fun day today.
3: I said something to Vince last week that and I think I probably overstated it. The fact that you think Jack Cohen could have a year like. Burroughs had a one-time in, or Mac Jones. not Like Vince said, not necessarily high as a trophy type, but a pretty, pretty special season.
4: Well, I mean, if you just look at his first game, right, and he played against Florida State on the road, threw for 366 yards and four touchdowns, let's just say he averages that the rest of the season. That's almost 4,400 yards passing and 48 touchdowns, 74% completions. Yeah, that's Heisman contending numbers right there. Yeah, now, absolutely. I don't expect him to average 366 yards passing. But the point is, is that that was a big time performance. Do do I expect him to have a Joe Burrow season? No. Like to your point, but I but but to your but I think the spirit of what you're saying, though, Tim, I agree with, and that is a season where he comes in and he has an impact season. You know, where he's a difference maker for Notre Dame. I don't think he's going to put up the absurd numbers that they that Joe Burrow did because a he doesn't have you know three first round draft picks at receiver and and uh, and it, the offense isn't built that way. It's just not, it's not built to put up those kind of numbers. But can he have an impact season? Absolutely. So, Brian, now I'm going to, I'm going to twist it on you. Now you're the
5: starting quarterback for Toledo. How are you going to be successful against this Notre Dame defense?
4: What are you going to be looking for? You got to be patient. That's the big key. You've got to wait for that mistake. Right, and that's what we saw from Notre Dame. And I don't even, and not even a mistake, but wait for that opportunity where, hey, look, they're bringing zero cover zero, or which is all man, you know, or wait for that opportunity where the the safety comes down a little bit too hard and he's peeking into the backfield, and I can throw that RPO behind him. That's the big key for me today is you've got to be patient. And I think for Toledo too, it's about getting the ball outside. You know, get to the ball the perimeter, get your guys in space, and force Notre Dame to tackle because last week Notre Dame didn't do that very well. Right.
3: Hey, Brian, we really appreciate you taking part in this thing. Um,
4: we'll try to hook
3: up with you in another game this season, too. You have sounds a great day today covering that Irish good. at irishbreakdown.com. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. We'll be right back on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
5: The 74 team, uh, That when you were asking them about what to look for and and things like that, they nailed it. Like they, yeah. we, Well, Brian and I spent all this time doing all kinds of analysis and watching film and and <laughs> – And those guys are like – and they came up with pretty much exactly what we've been saying all week. And it's
3: it's (laughs) the same time period, right?
5: (laughs) It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome to see the two offensive line guys talking about what they want to see and then the contain on the defensive side. And They they nailed it. And I was just sitting there like, yeah, these guys get it, man. They they could still uh, coach this game up, man. It's awesome. I I really appreciated that.
3: And I forgot to ask them because I I know we had some of them on last year. And I always ask the younger guys how they do watching the game. And we've been told – Guys throw their remote at the TV, and the other one step one tells his wife to stay out of the room for the length of the game. I meant to ask those guys, but my guess is they just sit there calmly, analyze, and watch and- him. <laughs>
5: well, they're further away from it, right? So, I mean, they've had time to kind of mature and, you know, things of that nature. But i tell you what, I thought that uh, Frank Pomerico, I mean, you could tell he knows the game. He's like, break fishers out, Carmody's in. Like He knew the right. depth chart. Like, he knew the injuries. I, I was impressed by his, his knowledge of the current team. Some of the young guys... They don't have that kind of knowledge. It
3: was good stuff. It was. It was. We'll be right back after a short break for the second hour of the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show. We will have a discussion about NIL and football with Mogul co-founders Brandon Winbush and Aiden Sayal. Plus, Mogul athletes Sean Crawford and Tavon Coney. Plus, we'll catch up with a member of the 2012 Fighting Irish, Carlo Calabrese. And we'll have our weekly feature, The Key Bank Keys to the Game. We hope you'll stay right there on your home for Fighting Irish football. Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT or via the WSBT Radio app or streamed at WSBTradio.com. Go Irish. We'll see you in a few minutes.
1: This is Legacy Heating Adair Game Day with Tim Grell and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
0: We've got him on the spot. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back.
10: Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back.
3: Welcome back. I, we have an older host that always goes back and plays 60s, 70s songs for, for bumpers and everything. But they all still work even to this day. I see a smile on Aiden's face, so he must
11: recognize that.
3: <laughs> Welcome back to the second hour of game day. Glad you are with us. Matt Embry is producing back in the WSBT studios. We're less than four hours from the kickoff right here on WSBT. Once again, it's gonna be about 82 to 84 degrees. So we hope all your fans that are out there tailgating, enjoy the day, put on some sunscreen and watch the amount that you drink out there. How about it? just be safe, but have fun. <laughs> Admittedly following game day at 11 a.m. We'll have game day sports beat with Darren Pritchett and Sean Styers leading into the network pregame show, the kickoff at just after 2:30 p.m. And your coverage is not over when the game ends after the game. Please join Sean Styers and Evan Sharpley for a review of the game plus all the stats and interviews on the official Notre Dame postgame show, all here on sports radio, 960 AM WSBT. We are going to have a great conversation with uh, four individuals. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk business. And it's stuff that's on the top of mind of everybody. You, you read about it, and that's the NIL that's been going on, um, where athletes can now uh, have their name, image, and likeness used. So let's start off first with the co-founders of Mogul, That would be Aiden Sayel and Brandon Wimbush. Welcome back, guys.
11: Hey, Tim. Hey, Vince.
3: Hey, and we're going to be joined by a couple of the Mogul athletes, Tavon Coney and Sean Crawford. But first, let's start with uh, Aiden. Aiden, how did this all come about? Because as we were talking just before we went on the air, you guys were on the cusp of this before it was even released by the NCAA.
11: Yeah, Tim, absolutely. Um, So Mogul's been around for about two years. It's definitely allowed us to be very well prepared for this new name, image, and likeness era. We've been able to do a lot of testing on behalf of former um, collegiate athletes and current professional athletes, but Dating all the way back to October of 2019, California Governor Gavin Newsom um, put in protocols that would allow California athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness starting in 2023. Um, And that's when we we got started in earnest on Mogul. Um, Shortly thereafter, in January of 2020, the NCAA initially voiced support for name, image, and likeness rule changes, which is a far cry from their previous rhetoric um, historically. And then as you know and as everyone knows, on July first of this year, name, image, and likeness rule changes went into effect and we were allowed to bring our platform to market and start really providing value to athletes and local businesses.
5: Aiden, did this did this whole with the NCAA approving it and, and all of that, did this kind of come to fruition a little earlier than you had anticipated when you guys kind of kicked this thing off because you mentioned that 2023 date and obviously we're still a ways away from that but now it's it's full go full steam um is it earlier than you anticipated
11: well so we had initially expected this to be rolled out at a state by state basis so on prior to june 30th of this year there were seven states that were that were set to go into effect on july 1st notably Texas, Georgia, Florida, and some others. Uh, But then right at the 11th hour, President Mark Emmert of the NCAA said, hey, you guys can all monetize your name, image, and likeness, Um, which is obviously really, really great for the athletes, but brings up a little bit of concerns just with regards to the lack of regulation and education in the space, which is what we're hoping to improve here at Mobile. Hey, hey
3: Brandon Wimbush, um, how did you and Aiden get together?
9: So Aiden and I know each other from high school, um, growing up in similar, similar areas of New Jersey and then rival high schools and uh, not much of a rival, but um, Aiden likes to consider it. And then, obviously, <laughs> spent a couple of years at Notre Dame together and became a little bit more uh, acquainted with one another. And then on a professional level, reconnected in early. Parts of 2020 with just some ideas that were flowing between the two of us and could be compatible to put our minds together. Um, and you know, we've obviously been taking off ever since then. How uh, how,
3: how do you find the players or athletes uh, that you want to
9: discuss with this opportunity? How do I find them? I mean, it's, yeah. it's really it's really easy, guys. Like it, you know, athletes want to college athletes specifically really want to take advantage of the opportunity that's in NIL being that it's such a, a novel space. Um, and then when you have a trusted platform like ours, it's almost like, uh, um, we attract the athletes, right. Which is something that we, we, uh, we're fortunate to, to be able to say. Um, so, you know, athletes have definitely taken initiative when it comes to NIL and it's been easy for me to do the outreach, um, and kind of, convince them that they need a platform like this because they do. Uh there's so many features and components of NIL that need to be automated. Um in a platform like ours definitely helps them with this process.
3: We're talking football and NIL with co-founders of Mogul, Brandon Wimbush, Aiden sayel along with we will be talking right here next, Sean Crawford and Tavon Coney, former Notre Dame players, recent graduates. Uh Tavon, let's start start with you. Um you approach them, they approach you. Can you uh, elaborate on that about Mogul?
8: So um, so I met Brandon a while back. I remember probably in, what, 2014 at the, um, on, on our All-American game. And we kind of grew from there as far as building a relationship. And obviously we ended up going to Notre Dame together and spent a lot of time there. And we always talked about, you know, various things as far as um, – you know, football, personal life, and just being friends and buddies, kind of growing into the situation in our same class. So, um, you know, as we both grew over time and he, you know, started their business, it was something that I already was kind of invested in as far as growing my platform, my personal brand. So it was a no-brainer for me to, you know, trust in what um, Brandon and Aiden had going on. So um, for me, it was an easy transition as far as working with them and, and um, being a part of the plan and the vision that I see that they have and, and trusting. them. You met you met Sean,
9: you met Sean at the all america game too. We were on yeah, the same team. Really, yeah, that's and, how I met Sean.
8: And you and you and you too. So I met I met it, so that's kind of how me and Sean even now have a close relationship as well. So it's even trusting that other athletes are on the platform as well. So being able to know other guys and and just being able to be in that space and learn from each other I think is just very valuable overall.
3: Let's bring Sean Crawford into the conversation. Sean, same thing with you. Uh, You approach them; they approach you. Um, it's I would I would say they. So
12: I've been very close with Brandon just over the years, and I've just always backed whatever he had in mind, just because he's a he's a smart guy, he's a go getter, and so recently, um, just like as I was approaching the NFL, um, Brandon and I were just discussing some things that he was he was getting involved in with the college players and I figured that um, I could use I could use his resources as well um, on my end and um, try to benefit from my name image and likeness. Although I'm not in college, I could still use the same brand, still use the same resources and things of that nature. So um, I would say it was kind of just, we kind of met in the middle. And so um, while this thing was like kicking off, I was still at Notre Dame last year and Brandon and Aiden would come back to Notre Dame and speak in the community and go to the Notre Dame game. So I would, I would be in town, obviously playing for Notre Dame. And so I would meet with those guys and just like talk to them about whatever they had to go had going on. And, um, it was just an exciting um, platform and, um, experience that, um, that the NCAA needed. And so I was, I was happy to know them and happy to, um, not be a part of it, I guess, but to, to know what was to come and to, to see um, what they had in store for them, and so I'm excited for what they what they're doing for the college kids. Just because I mentioned earlier in the little um, video that posted that I did for them was that I wish I had this opportunity. When I was in college. Um, just Brandon being a, a Division one quarterback and knowing the ins and out and how how uh, how valuable his name is and what he does on the field on Saturdays are. Is, is important so I think he could help um, other college kids understand that and then just Aiden um, being around football and being at a at a university like Notre Dame where football is such a big deal and um, how much the the campus look up to the football players I think I think they go hand in hand but um, just yeah just being good friends with Brandon and then later on meeting Aiden just throughout my college career, I think it was just, we kind of met in the middle and we, we realized that we both have um, the same goals and that's just to, to help each other out, I guess, at the end of the day and help, help others out. And so I think that's how we met.
3: Real quick, Vince, I just want to say, man, you were at Notre Dame so long, Brandon was probably saying, boy, when is that guy gonna graduate? He keeps playing and playing and playing. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was,
12: it was good. I mean. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't give it up. It was a great
5: opportunity. Absolutely. Vince. <laughs> hey, Aiden, I wanted to ask you. So obviously, with with everything that's come down, and I'm sure there's companies like yours cropping up all over the place. But you guys are kind of in on the ground floor. So if if athletes are looking for somebody to represent them, why mogul? What, what's what's your pitch to those guys to bring them on board?
11: Yeah, Vincent, I think it's a a really important distinction here, right? So at Mogul, we're not representing the athletes. We're not an agent representing them in a traditional agency model. What Mogul does is it gives them the platform to effectively act as their own agent and seek out opportunities to monetize their name, image and likeness in the local community and at the large national brand level, whether it be through social media campaigns or in-person appearances. But the thing that really differentiates mobile in this space, obviously we were founded for athletes by athletes. Brandon's been in their shoes. This platform's built solely for the empowerment of athletes and with the athlete in mind. But taking it one step further, the platform's extremely seamless and easy to use. And it allows athletes to automatically disclose their activity directly to their university compliance office. It automatically generates the contracts for the businesses and the athletes. And it also allows athletes to get paid all in the platform. So it's a really secure, seamless process, um, and it's fully functional, and it's the only one in the market today. Hmm.
3: We're speaking with co-founders of Mogul Brandon Wimbush and Aiden Sayel, along with Mogul athletes, former players Sean Crawford and Tavon Coney on the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show. Hey, Brandon, you've got uh, a number of events uh, coming up here in the next week. You guys really got a lot of things going on. Am I uh, out of line trying to ask your memory about where the events are going to be and what dates? Um,
9: no, but Aiden, facilitated <laughs> it again. That's uh, what a partner so, is but for. I know Tuesday night we're team. at Ironhead um, and we're doing a business uh, engagement uh, event. Aiden, uh, I don't know if this is with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, members yeah. of the Chamber of Commerce from 6 to 9 at Ironhead. Um, so looking forward to meeting as many businesses as we can. I'll be there. Maybe we'll, we'll have a couple athletes, surprise athletes there. Um, and then Aiden can definitely expand on the rest of the events that we have scheduled for the week. I'm following Aiden's lead on- There you <laughs> go. I we you gonna kind of tough
3: spot. That was like throwing a blitz at you.
9: <laughs> I have a yes. line back to pick it up, go
3: ahead.
11: Yeah, Tim, um, we're really, really excited to engage with as many South Bend business owners and residents throughout the week this week walk them through the mobile platform, discuss the opportunity that Name, Image, and Likeness presents, and answer any questions or concerns that they might have. So the three big events that we're doing this week, as Brandon mentioned already, we're doing the South Bend Business Networking Event at Iron Hand Bar on Tuesday, September 14th, from 6 to 9 Eastern. We're going to be discussing NIL, demoing the platform, and there's going to be food and drinks provided as well. So really looking forward to meeting as many businesses and individuals as possible. Secondarily, we're gonna be holding mobile office hours at the Idea Center in the Layton Hall room, room 234, um, all week from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern. We just kind of ask that you reach out to me to schedule time and we wanna you know, learn about your goals, marketing goals and walk you through the platform. And then thirdly, on friday september 17th from noon to five we're going to be doing a platform workshop with the south bend chamber of commerce at the tcu breeze center at the con- the chamber so what we're going to be doing here is working with as many south Bend chamber of commerce members to answer their questions and walk them through the platform as well so um, please email me at aiden a-y-d-e-n at mogul m-o-g-l dot online to rsvp and schedule time And otherwise, we just really look forward to seeing as many people at that South Bend Business Networking event, Tuesday, September 14th, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern at Iron Hand Bar. Greatly said. You got got a good partner there,
3: Brandon.
9: (laughs) Definitely blessed. Definitely blessed.
3: Let's uh, spend the the last four minutes talking a little uh, football and stuff, and uh, let's start with uh, Sean Crawford. Uh, Sean, what have you seen out of – this year's team. And you played with a lot of these players um, before, but what do you see on the uh, 2021 Irish in the defensive backfield?
12: Oh, I see, I see, I see some leaders. I see Kyle Hamilton, um, taking a, taking us, taking his role as a leader in, in the backfield or in the defensive back. Um, and, and I see Clarence continuing to progress and emerge as, um, just a great corner. Um, and I also see some 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 learning pains just from uh, just from as, as we rotated. There's some guys who are just now getting their first starts, who are really getting their first um, real game action. And um, I think I think the defense has um, tremendous um, opportunity this year, especially with the new DC. I know I've talked to a lot of them, and I know they love the scheme and and they love um, the plans that he has for them just individually, just by setting them up and. Putting them in great position to make plays. Uh, I think just as as the season goes on and they begin to just become more comfortable and, and um, learn the defense more and get used to the game speed. I think we'll start to see a lot more um, production from everyone else in the on the back end and even on the defense. Um, going into the, uh, Florida State on the road, I thought they played. I thought they played great. Um, especially in the end, they they battled through some adversity um, and they. They hung tight when they needed to, force forced the field goal. Luckily, they got missed it in overtime and um, gave our offense a chance to go win the game. And so I guess that's all you can do as a defense is just put your um, offense in a position to go win the game. And so I thought they did. Um, they battled through
5: adversity. They made some plays. And at the
12: end of the day, they got the W.
5: Sean, we, we, we like to ask former players, uh, and especially, you know, you're a guy who's watched your first game, basically, not being a member of the team uh, last week. What kind of watcher of the game are you? Are you are you still watching it like you're watching film? Are you are you you know? We've had guys say that they're throwing their remotes at the TV when things are going <laughs> bad. What, what what kind of watcher of the game are you? It's it's tough. I was uh, I was
12: actually it was it was hard for me to watch just because it was the first time in a long time that I wasn't able right. like I wasn't involved or I wasn't able to go out there and change the game myself or have an imp- or like have an impact in the game. So. It was it was weird. I was I was, and it's a new defense, so I really couldn't. um, I really didn't know the calls that they were in. I wish I knew the calls that they were in and um, (laughs) what what was supposed to happen. But it it was it was it was it was hard to watch just because I wanted I want to say something to the guys. I want to put guys in different spots. I want to like I just I I don't know. I just want to go out there and lead them. So, but watching the game, it kind of gave me. it, it kind of gave me a sense that I like one day would want to be a coach just because I was I was into the game I was I was pointing things out that, that I felt that that was right some um, mishaps that might have happened but I was I was definitely into the game I didn't throw the remote or anything just because I, <laughs> I trusted our guys would get it done at the end but it was it was it, it was an up and down uh, emotional game for me for sure.
3: He's Sean Crawford. I'm going to ask Tavon Coney about what do you think on the linebackers. Man, we've been hit with a bunch of early injuries already, which is causing some uh, movement on the field for uh, different players to different spots. But uh, what do you think about that, Tavon? What'd you see last week?
8: Man, I mean, I mean, they first game out, you know, so it's always going to be tough. Obviously, with the tackling, I've seen a lot of people. Commenting about you know about the rough tackling, but as a after, as a former athlete, I kind of understand the idea of that first game. And haven't really tackled much, um, you know, live. So that that first game is going to be always tough. Some time to get your feet underneath you. So I mean, it, it did it had to do. I know at the end of the day, they let the um the goal is to win, you know. So they came out with a W. But obviously, it's always going to be things that they're going to have to clean up. They have to learn. I know they had a few injuries with a couple guys, so they haven't got it switching over. From um, receiver, which is like the big news that he's, you know, going over the rover. But I think it's even for him, it's a big opportunity for him to grow and all the guys in the in the room to kind of get together and make a decision to play well. So, I mean, I, I'm excited for the guys. i love to see those, you know, guys. I played with a few of them, so i love to see them go out there and, you know, keep fighting for their dreams and, you know, go out there and win national championships. So, for me, it's just rooting them on and understanding as an athlete, you know, what they go through and, um, you know, just got to. Got to fight through it and win.
3: That's Tavon Coney. Brandon, um, how would you feel if you threw a pass down the field and a safety came all the way from the other side of the field and picked off your your pass? And you know that was an unbelievable play by Kyle Hamilton.
9: Yeah, no, that was that was a spectacular play by Kyle. Um, just shows the range, right, of someone that mm-hmm. uh, is six four, six three. Uh, and can run like that. He's a special player. He sure is. And, and, he, sure and he put is. it on display last, last weekend.
3: I'd like to get your, um, uh, sh- your short impression on uh, Jack Cohen in about 15 seconds so we can still finish with some mogul information.
9: Yeah, no, Jack looked great. Really excited for him, Tommy. He went out and broke Tom, one of Tommy's records on his opening day. Mm-hmm. Um, just he looks special. He looks comfortable back there, and he looks like a leader and a guy that's been in the position to – uh, playing on this type of uh, level. So uh, excited to see him, you know, continue to lead the team this year.
3: Let's wrap up a Mogul um, conversation, NIL. Aiden, tell everybody where they can get more information, please.
11: Yeah, uh, for any South Bend businesses, residents, athletes, anyone interested in learning more about Mogul and the opportunity that NIL presents, go to our website. It's online. It's online. Um, you can sign up um, either as an athlete or as a partner you can also contact us via the website and our email there as well um, but really looking forward to seeing South Bend businesses and residents at our events this week
3: we're glad to help support your guys it's a really uh, good thing that you guys developed for all the athletes and stuff and uh, we appreciate you taking the time on here and and good luck with the events this week too
9: Thanks so much, guys.
3: You got it. So that was Brandon Wimbush, Aiden Sayel, co-founders of Mogul, and former linebacker Tavon Coney and former defensive backfields Sean Crawford. We'll be back with former Notre Dame linebacker Carlo Calabrese on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: This is Legacy Heating Adair Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince Diderio on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. We're
8: back,
3: We're back in the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show, brought to you in part by KeyBank. We worked hard to make checking matter. No maintenance fees, no minimum balances, 40,000 ATMs, pretty smart. Open a KeySmart checking account today. KeyBank opens doors. For more information, visit KeyBank, or sorry, Key.com. KeyBank is a member of FDIC. And brought to you by Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape. Well, that was a great conversation we had, Vince. There, very good, you know, football tie-in. And our next guest came in early, and I always like that, so they get to kind of hear who's coming on, who's who's their opening act before they get to take the stage. So, (laughs) no pressure on our next uh, to take it to a higher, another higher level. But that would be former Notre Dame linebacker, linebacker Carlo Calabrese. Thank you for joining us, and good morning.
13: Thanks for having me.
3: Hey, just real quick. So, uh, how you been this last crazy year? Healthy and everything?
13: Yeah. Super healthy. Hawaii didn't get hit pretty hard with COVID, so we were having fun surfing. What a place to
3: be quarantined, Hawaii, right? Yeah, right, <laughs>
13: right.
5: Could hey, be a lot your, worse.
3: Yeah, how's your housing development going here in, in South Bend?
13: It's going great. I just stopped over there yesterday. Um, we have one um, house fully framed and the roof went on um, this last week. Um, and we have another lot that has the foundation poured um, so that's curing right now and waiting to get framed up.
5: So you- where's where this? Uh, where's is, where's is this at? Tell everybody where's where this is at.
13: Yeah, so this is on Cleveland Road. It's a mile north of campus, um, right next to Clay Fire Station. Okay. So if you go up Juniper Road, you make a right on Cleveland, and then you'll see the development on your right. Um, so yeah, it's great. It's twelve lots. Um, so twelve houses are going up there. Um, and they're for sale now. So if anyone's out there wants to buy one, just reach out to me or, or, or um, our realtor, um, Irish realty and, uh, grab a lot. Well, they're this is, this is for sure.
5: Yeah. This, this is the time to be in, in real estate. Cause, uh, things aren't for sale for very long. That's for sure.
13: Yeah. Super exciting time for this. Um, and yeah,
3: it's, it, it is perfect timing. So while playing at Notre Dame and going to classes at Notre Dame, did you think someday you were going to be a real estate developer? Did not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's amazing what life uh, shows us, right, along the, along that road.
13: Yeah. You just got hey, to take the uh, path. That,
3: uh, yeah. So let's go. But, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
13: I was just saying, yeah, just just take the path that it gives you.
3: You got it. You got it. And your path, you know, started uh, coming out of high school. Um, remind our listeners uh, how you recruited. Um what coach maybe came out to see you? And when you came to campus, if you remember what uh, student was assigned to you?
13: Uh, so I was recruited by coach Weiss um, and I
3: came here his
13: last year. Um, pretty much recruited by Charlie, coach, coach Weiss. Um, he came over, came over, um, had dinner with my family and, and it was, it was good time. And um, when I came here, I, um, my player, I think it was Duval Camara. Was this, mm-hmm. He was another Jersey guy, so he, they paired me
3: up with him. So, how quick a decision? Uh, after you made a your visit here, did you make that decision? I always knew I wanted to come here, but
13: I wanted to, I needed to see every every school and and their coaches too. But uh, once I came here, there's there's no doubt in my mind that I, I wanted to stay here.
5: It was game over, huh? Yeah,
13: yeah, for sure. What, what was what, what
5: was your short list? I mean, I, obviously you you explored some other schools and and things of that nature. So, what was your short list coming out of Jersey?
13: It was um,
3: here, Boston
13: College, and uh, Florida Gators. Okay, Urban Meyer, yeah, he was cool guy.
3: But it was no contest between the three. Correct. Yeah, you got it. Nothing hey, v- Vince and I ask this question all the time about what position coach comes out there. I'm trying to remember of all of our questions the answer was the head coach of the football team was the guy that came out there vince what
9: yeah 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 not
5: very often it's usually an assistant or the the recruiting yeah. coordinator or whatever so uh, obviously they wanted to get carlo in the mix uh, yeah. you send the big dogs in that's right he plus he got to his,
13: go to hawaii he told me his top three guys was me tyler stockton
3: and theoretic and he got them all
5: yeah wow yeah wow. one two three yep yep
3: yeah. Uh, we're talking with uh, former Notre Dame Irish linebacker Carlo Calabrese on the Legacy Heating Air Game Day Show, and let's go into your your some of your playing days. So, the toughest opponent when you were going to tackle somebody, what was the hardest hit you received back, or maybe somebody was blocking you, and on a play.
13: The hardest hit, the hardest hit I got was from Stefan Tuitt. Actually, <laughs> he missed the running back and hit me. <laughs>
3: That was the biggest hit. That's great. Do you stay in contact with him? Yeah, yeah. So does he? One of you bring that up to each other, or what?
13: <laughs> I haven't brought it up to him, but I'm sure he knows. That's
3: great. I never would expect that answer. Yeah. All right, let's talk about toughest opponent. A whole team of tough guys.
13: Oh, um, I like Stanford. Stanford was good. Good crew. Um, and um, what's his name? The quarterback blanking out on his name.
3: Oh, the guy that went to uh Colts? Colts, yep. No, Andrew Luck. There you Andrew go. Andrew Luck. Yeah, he
13: was he was a freak. He just knew to call out every defense that we were running. So <laughs> and if you flinched a little bit and he knew you're coming, so he checked the play somewhere else. So he was he was a pretty tough component to play against.
5: Well, and, and and back then Stanford was one, probably one of the most physical teams that you yeah. guys played yeah. all season. I would imagine. I mean, they're putting tackles in the backfield, lead blocking right into you, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's tough to take, playing and play out. I would imagine. Yeah,
13: definitely. Well, but he got right funny. through that. Was that was those my, that's
3: my kind of game, though. So
5: yeah, I like absolutely. Yes, no question.
3: Yeah, yeah, if you can take a hit by uh, Stefan, then you can just get through <laughs> that line to get that Stanford yeah. running back and stuff. Let's go into. Um, other than the big high profiles, do you have another game? I know 2012 was like every every game was like a a, a yeah war. Everyone, yeah, a lot of close ones and everything down the last second. F- yeah, fa- favorite game? Anything along that way that really sticks out in your mind?
13: Stanford goal line stand. Oh mm-hmm. wow! Yeah, in the rain too, right? Wasn't
5: it? Wasn't it raining that day?
13: Yep, it was raining. They had they had close to eight plays on the goal line, and they just couldn't get get past us so that was a what, great ending and a, and a great game
3: what was that like in your defensive huddle every one of those plays
13: it was great i mean we knew which play we were going to run with goal line because we could just have a goal line package and mm-hmm. i was on um i was at D end actually i was in the the d gap so that was my gap to t- control and and make a tackle so that, that was it
3: so what about all the hype going into that uh, playoff game? Granted, it didn't all turn out the way we all wanted it to be, but let's yeah. go before the game even started and stuff. What was all that hype, you know, like a week before or two weeks before?
13: It was it was great being number one in the nation, um, and, you know, lighting up that number one sign up on top of the, the, the building on campus. So it was great. The, the vibe was great on campus. Um, you know, students giving you high fives in class. So, yeah, it was, it was awesome.
5: Carlo, you, you talk about the vibe and, and, and things of that nature. And, and you know, these players are coming off of playing an entire season without any fans in the stands, basically just their parents, right? It was yep. almost – I wouldn't even say a glorified high school season because there's more than just your parents and the fans in high school games even. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Speak to how important it is to have the crowd on your side at home games. I mean, these guys are going to be experiencing a home crowd for the first time in 22 months. And some of these guys, there's two classes worth of guys that have never experienced that before. Mm-hmm. Talk about how important that is, especially on the defensive side of things, you know, to have that crowd behind you.
13: Yeah, it's it's super important just to, just to, to have noise in the crowd and, and not – and having not allowing the offense to to hear calls or anything like that. It's huge. Um and a lot of times they actually jump offside. So mm-hmm. it's it's huge um and it just it just um pretty much gets the defense pumped up and and going and um and I'm I'm sure the crowd today is going to be going insane cuz they were they were not really there either. Right. No. Year, so it's going to be two times as loud, I think,
3: today. It's going to be all. There's a lot of pent-up emotion out there today, you know, for yep. the first home game being the 20th anniversary of uh, 9-11. Mm-hmm. There's just a whole whole, whole lot going on. Yeah. Let's get your take, uh, Carlo Calabrese, uh, member of the 2012 undefeated team, um, about this year's linebackers. I was just commenting, you probably heard talking to Tavon, man. We've already been hit with a bunch of uh, – of, uh, Injuries already and stuff, but what are you hoping to see out of the linebackers? Maybe that's changed from last week to this week.
13: Um, towards the end of the game to stop the run, number mm-hmm. one. There you go. Um, I think I think they started running a lot on us towards the end of the game, and that's how they were able to get it so close because we did start fast. We, I don't think we finished too strong um, as a defense, but once we once we get up in in score um we just got to keep keep pedal to the metal and 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 stop them so we can't have them run run like they did last week so I, hopefully we stop the run for sure
5: carlo it was pretty clear that the the defense had some issues with some tackling and it was game one and mm-hmm. coming out of camp and and everything Coming out of camp into game one, what is it like to then finally be hitting somebody that's not your teammates, and is there kind of a learning curve there where things aren't going to be quite as sharp in game one as they will be when you get down to, you know, games four, five, six, seven? Uh, Yeah, it's
13: just the first couple hits. That's it, and that's all it takes, um, really. Because um, Coach Kelly, I know they do eleven on eleven, full pads and full tackle every practice. Sure. So I know if they still do that, he did that with us for sure. So it was, it only takes a couple of hits to to get things rolling.
3: Well, we hope you enjoy a great, beautiful day out there, w- you know, with the fans, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on with us and go Irish today.
13: Great, appreciate it.
3: You guys. Thanks, Carlos. Go Irish. Stay with us after a short break. We're going to be back with the key bank keys to the game on Sports Radio 960 WSBT-AM, your home for the fighting Irish.
1: This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
5: And your Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show is brought to you by, of course, Legacy Heating and Air, your cooling and clean air specialist find them online at com. by Edward Jones making sense of investing contact Matt Wilson in South Bend or Pablo Rodriguez in Granger by Fisher's Barbecue and Catering Fisher's Barbecue and Catering at 215 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka for drive through carry out or catering just look for the smoke My Four Winds Casino. Are you ready for your next escape? Experience the excitement at Four Winds Casinos with award-winning cuisine, the latest slots, a variety of table games, including live poker. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must <coughs> be 21 years or older. Please play responsibly by Mimo's Pizza. Mimo's on Edison and Mishawaka. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimo's. Manja, manja. A Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Authentic Mexican, serve fresh daily at McKinley and Division in Dishawaka. MontereyMexican.com. By South Bend Orthopedics. South Bend Orthopedics with the team physicians through the University of Notre Dame since 1949. And by Wings Etc Grill and Pub with 14 Michigan area locations. Stop in today or order online at togo.wingsetc.com. And, of course, by Tim Grau State Farm Insurance. Make sure you call him today at 232-99-81.
3: Thank you, Vince. And once again, thank you to all of our sponsors. Man, I got to get over there to Rob's place. I haven't had any Fisher's barbecue for a while. I got spoiled him serving the show for so many years, right? I know, right? Yeah, we're yeah, missing out. Absolutely. It's 72 degrees in South Bend. And once again, it's going to be between 82, 84 degrees for the game. And uh, it's also going to stay in the low 80s, upper 90s, and even until the end. Uh, no overtime this week. We do not want overtime this no, week.
5: No, no. Overtime would be bad against Toledo. <laughs> that would be not be a good ending, no question.
3: Now we're going to have our segment, the Key Bank Keys to the Game. Key Bank, cash back credit card, up to 2% for those who like cash and getting it back. Earn up to 2% cash back on purchases with Key Cash Bank credit card. Key Bank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com slash Key Bank is a member of FDIC. So let's have our keys of the game by our own Vince D'Addario. And um, I don't know how many you got, but just go for it.
5: Well, I can go all day, baby. Uh, oh, I know you no. can. And, uh, first one, I, I need to see an aggressive start, uh, both from the offensive line and the pass game. So we're talking offensive here. Uh, the O-line, they, they need to have a chip on their shoulder from last week. They, they did not perform well. Uh, they didn't fire off the ball the way they should in the run game, and that's why the run game was stymied a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they, they need to come out with a chip on their shoulder, stay aggressive, You know, take the fight to the defense, and then stay aggressive in the pass game. They were last week. It worked out really well for him. Jack Cohn did really, really well. So stay aggressive in the pass game. So aggressive start for the offense. That's key number one. Key number two, force the issue on defense. And they did that for the first two and a half quarters last week. They need to do it for an entire game this week. So they need to force the issue for a complete game by the defense. That's what we need to see. If they can parlay that first two and a half quarters into a full game, Toledo's not going to have a shot offensively, that's for sure. And then my, my last one's going to be stay balanced on offense. Um, from a play-calling standpoint, they were balanced. They, they, they were almost 50-50 pass to run. It's just the run wasn't very successful. And so they need to stay balanced but be successful in the run game so it's balanced statistically as well as just play-calling because the pass game's going to be fine. I, I think with Jack Cohn at the helm being the point guard – doing what he needs to do to get the, everybody involved offensively they're going to be just fine but if they can get a run game going they can be balanced in that regard they're going to be a very very tough offensive team to stop this year and this is a great game to kind of get that going again
3: so uh two comments one on the offense for you so do you think they'll be somewhat stubborn today to want to get that running attack established i hope not, just not. stubborn but trying to get the line to start to gel or do you think
6: they'll I,
5: have- when you say stubborn, that that stubborn to me means they're going to come out in two and three tight ends and just try mm-hmm. to pound the ball. I do not want to see that at all because that's not what this offense is. Right. This isn't last year. This isn't, uh, you know, <clears throat> you don't have Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey and, you know, those guys. That's not what this team is. They are an aggressive passing team with a complimentary run game where they're going to get their running backs involved in both the pass and the run. They need to continue keep their identity their identity isn't smash mouth multiple tight ends that's not who this this team is right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so if they come out and they do that that's gonna tell me a lot in a negative way about how they're gonna be doing things this year but I I don't think that that's gonna happen I think Tommy Reese has a really good finger on the pulse of who this offensive team is and I, I think they're
3: gonna continue with the game plan that they had last week. I I thought he he called a really good game plan. There was a lot it of variety, some new different plays, playing to what your strengths are, rather than exactly. trying to outfox the other team. Instead. And
5: I think that's so smart. I, I really do. I, look, his. you don't want to run Jack Cohn on third down, uh, You know, third down and five. That would probably be the only thing that I would have disagreed with, but I understood mm-hmm. it because you probably felt you were in four down territory. You get two to three yards on that, you know, you're fourth and short, you've got something in the play bag for that, right? Right, I, but I still don't like it. <laughs> you know, I understand sure. why he did it, but I don't like it. The rest of the game plan I thought was really, really good. I he kept teams off. He kept the team off balance. Yeah, um, they, they took one on one shots when they had them. I, I loved it. I twelve big plays in the past game. Twelve. Mm-hmm. That's like a whole season under you know the former quarterback. So I, I loved it.
3: Speaking of him, real quick, um, he didn't get just dude you know, USA uh, Today r- ranked that they're ten. 10- top quarterbacks for the weekend and they had quarterbacks down in the two hundreds and stuff. And they never mentioned Jack Cohen as one of the, That's, one of the quarterbacks. Ridiculous.
5: Just wait, just yeah. wait, you know, <laughs> he's going to be in the conversation. Don't, yeah. don't worry. If, if, if Ian book can get Heisman votes last mm-hmm. year, when he had 16 total, I believe t- passing touchdowns, Jack Cohen's going to be in the conversation when this thing's all said and done, if they continue to stay with their identity.
3: Right. Right. So let's go on defense. Um, I saw the poor tackling you did. I thought it was some a lot of times they were just too fast and they were trying to arm tackle almost as the as the person was going by. And what did you see on the tackling?
5: The, their fundamentals weren't very sound, uh, especially towards the end. I mean, they they were clearly gassed. Um, I, I thought the substitution patterns weren't the best. There was on that long eighty nine yard touchdown run that they had, there were three starters in the game. The rest were all twos. Like, i'm fine with bringing in the twos i think Notre Dame's twos are really good but you don't need to bring them all in at the same time you know they they did a really good job in substitution last year like they would have the starters out there for the first series then the next series would be two starters two uh you know two twos on the on the defensive line for example and then they would go to the other two starters and then the other two uh twos right so they would have a mix of twos and ones and it was a really good mix I think they'll clean that up today. I just think there were too many twos on the field all at the same time. So I think that was part of it. Um, but, yeah, just just fun, Just fun. need to be more fundamentally sound. You're right. They were flying around. And, again, they took their foot off the gas at the end. They, they were playing a passive defense. Not necessarily prevent, right? but passive.
3: Yeah, it sure was. I think we were all, like, scratching our heads going, what is going on here? Because, yeah. obviously, they just gave, gave them what they wanted to do. And I'll be honest with you, by the time we got to overtime, I didn't have a lot of confidence because they were peaking. And then you had the story with the quarterback that they just, you know, and I, I think that's great that he, where he come from, he wasn't even supposed to walk, let alone play again. Absolutely. They, they, they just kept this. the hammered man. Yeah.
5: That
11: was
3: the whole thing. There wasn't anything about it. And so I thought, you know, we're down, you know, psych-wise, they're up psych-wise and everything. I didn't have a whole lot of faith going in there. So, I, you know what, I give uh, Jonathan Dore a lot of credit. How many times, though, do you see when a, a a kicker is kicking a fairly long field goal and somebody calls timeout, whether it's their own coach or whatever, and they make it, but then they come back and then they miss it?
5: And they ice their own kicker. I mean, That's I, right. wow, that, that was tough because uh, he did. He made the long one. Right. And then he moved it up and he missed it, you know, and it's. <laughs>
3: You can't mess with the psyche of a kicker, man. Just let the no. kicker do his thing. Yeah, well, Jonathan Doerr, after the way he ended last year, looked like he had a very lively leg and an accurate one, so we hope that continues during the season. All right, we're going to uh, take a short break and for the come back for the close of the show on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT and streaming at WSBTradio.com.
1: This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Brown and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
5: And your Legacy Heat in Air Game Day show is brought to you by Legacy Heat in the Air, your cooling and clean air specialists. Find them online at Air.com by Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, by Leo E. Creamer in South Bend or Jim Hitchman in Mishawaka, by Fisher's Barbecue and Catering, Fisher's Barbecue and Catering at 213 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka for drive through, carry out, and catering by Key Bank. Earn up to 2% cash back on purchases with key cash back credit card. Key Bank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com slash cashback. Key Bank is member F-D-I-Z. And by Mimo's Pizza, Mimo's on Edison and Walk. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimo's Manja Manja. Tim.
3: Manja Manja. All your things make me very hungry. Well, let's <laughs> remind everybody that the Key Banks of the game are brought to you by Key Bank, Key Bank Smart Checking. We worked hard to make a checking smarter. No maintenance fees, no minimum balances, 40,000 ATMs, pretty smart. Open a Key Smart checking account today. KeyBank opens doors. For more info, visit Key.com. KeyBank is a member FDIC. So, you're going to the game today?
5: Yes, sir. Yeah. Are you we're with yourself or your
3: or your son going or are you just on your own or what's going on?
5: Yeah, Brian and I are going together. We Brian. uh Brian and I Brian Driscoll from Irish Breakdown, we're going to have uh a little company time, uh, sitting in the stands today. It's going to be, we decided to do it a little bit different since this is the first home game in forever. Uh, right. we put two of our other guys who are working with us. They're going to be up in the press box and the two of us are going to be in the stadium, um, and in the bowl with everybody else. And it's going to be a lot of fun.
3: So you and Brian Driscoll from Irish breakdown, why don't you tell everybody how about your podcast and stuff?
5: Absolutely. So we do a live podcast every day, Monday, through friday at 12 from twelve thirty to 1 at least that's when i'm on because i'm in school um but brian usually goes on a little bit after i take off so every day live on youtube all you have to do is search irish breakdown you'll find it and then we will do a show after every game so about an hour or so after every game we'll do a post game live uh podcast so you, and people get to get in and make their comments and ask questions and things like that. that's the best part about being live mm-hmm. interactive uh, and that's why we do it about an hour after. So if you if you go to Iris, our Irish breakdown page on YouTube and you subscribe and you hit that little bell, that notification bell, it'll let you know what time we're going to be on because it all depends on how long it takes us to get home. Um, it'll tell you when that show is going to go live and and we'll be live. And then Sunday we do a, a, a pawn further review podcast is what we call it, and that's after he and I have really broken down the film and we kind of dive into as coaches. That's kind of what our channel is all about. It's coaches talking about notre dame football and uh, we dive into the film we get a little bit more critical uh, i shouldn't say critical from a negative standpoint but like a coach is critical like we're watching film with our team sure. and uh we talk about the game that was and uh we have a lot of fun with it so we do a show literally seven days a week they're all live so it's all interaction with the fans it's a lot of fun so youtube irish breakdown come join us it's, it's a blast
3: and also the irish breakdown site for people yes. to check things out, Where Irish
5: irishbreakdown.com. Everything's free over there, but we also have a message board. A lot of people like to get an, involved with that. You can go to boards.irishbreakdown.com and you can join the board. Uh, lots of great conversation. If you want 24 hour access to Brian Driscoll uh, and, and everything he has to say, join the boards. He lives on the boards, he loves the boards. <laughs> and uh, it, there's a lot of it. Our IB family is fantastic. And I, I love those guys and gals, and uh, we have a really good time.
3: 15 seconds, your score for tonight's game or today, this afternoon's game. I,
5: I, I've got forty-nine twenty-four. I believe is what I said. Uh, I think this Toledo team can score a little bit uh, regardless of what Notre Dame does, and I think they'll get a score maybe against the twos or you know the subs when they're in, but I think I might be underselling the offense for Notre Dame. I think they're going to put up some serious points today. Uh, they should have scored over 50 in the last game. They left a few out there, so – Uh, Really looking forward to watching this offense and this defense play a complete game.
3: You got it. Well, you have a enjoy good time out there and we'll all tune in uh, to listen after the game with Vince and Brian Driscoll. Thanks Vince. Thank you folks for listening today. We want to thank Matt Embry for producing back in the WSBT studios. Great job, Matt, as usual. And personally thanking all the guests that took the time out of their busy weekend to join us. Don't go anywhere. WSBT's Notre Dame coverage continues right after the break. It's, game day sports beat with darren pritchett and sean styers immediately following sports beat it's the Notre Dame network pregame. then it's a the kickoff just after 2:30 p.m and stop by for the sean styers evan sharply official post game show please tune in next week at 9 a.m as Notre Dame returns home to face the purdue boilermakers we'll be joined by former players and members of holtz's heroes for vince denario this is tim growl we wish you a safe and beautiful day Thank you for listening to the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day Show on your home for Fighting Irish football sports radio, nine sixty AM WSBT.